0: So I-
1: true
2: Prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We're thankful for heaven. We're thankful that we can, we're thankful that we grieve not as those without hope. There's no way to say anything except that our hearts are broken. But yet we grieve as those with hope. And our hope is found in nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Dear God, we're thankful for someone who loved us enough to give his life for us. And take away the bitter sting of death. Dear God, as this family walks through the valley of the shadow of death, Let them fear no evil. Let your rod and your staff comfort them. Let them know the good shepherd like never before. Let them drink with cool waters and restore their soul. Let them lie down in green pasture when they need a rest. Find hope and comfort. Dear God, we know they have come this morning to worship and to be comforted. so we pray that we would do that. We pray that you would uh, help us this morning. We know we need your help. Dear God, we pray that you'd just do a great work in our, in our hearts and through us this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Daryl, come around, and lead us in.
3: Page number one, everybody stand. All hail the power of Jesus' name.
2: read first. It says, uh, thank you. Thanks to everyone for such beautiful flowers and for all of the cards. And that's from Mary Bradley. It's good to see Mary Bradley here this morning. and We've been praying for her and uh, it's just great to see her here this morning. To, uh, don't forget tonight, choir practice six o'clock youth group and discovery Tuesday night, 630 to 830 WMU meeting on October the 15th. And then I wanted to mention this. And I'm thankful so much for this. Our clothing giveaway this year that happened uh, the previous Thursday, uh, it was just a great success. They had 102 families come through. Amen. There were 41 new families which came through, which makes 420 families that have attended our clothing giveaways since they started. That's absolutely wonderful. They gave out 250 bags of clothes, you ready for this, Brother Harry? They gave out 175 Bible tracts, amen? And they gave out 14 Bibles, amen? And so we praise the Lord for those that were able to see the love of Christ, amen, physically, and then get to hear about it through the tracts and those. And we thank to Donnie and Sonia for just arranging that, putting it all on. Donnie's pointing at Sonia, amen? And he knows, he knows what's going on. We do too. We just throw you in there, Donnie. Amen. (laughs) But we praise the Lord for that. And uh, I I thank the Lord for their faithfulness in that ministry because it's a hard ministry. And I appreciate that. And when they wanted to start that, I told them, I said, you're going to be ready to get who knows what. And I'll call them sometimes be like, people just left a bunch of stuff on the church Porch. You know, you got to go through it. And uh, they just leave everything. That's what they do. And they faithfully go through it, find out what they can use. Thank the Lord for their faithfulness in that ministry and how God's using it. All right. Don't forget Young Adult Bible Study, Saturday, October 21st at 7. Don't forget that. Harvest Fest Trunk or Treat, October 28th from noon to 3. We've been pushing that hard. Make sure you, we're accepting candy now. All that. Face painters, we need some face painters, okay? If you can paint faces, we mean like, you know, butterflies, you know, a lion, you know, things like that. Not like to go to the Phillies game, okay? There you go. So remember that. Uh, You can see Allison. You can see Becky, you can see Shannon, all of them can help you out with stuff with that. April as well, so look for that. Dollar Dog Night, Sunday, October 29th, and then I don't know how this is already in here, but Children's Christmas Play Practice, November 4th. Make sure you get a bulletin, you get all of the information about what's going on, and we're thankful for that. All right, at this time we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. I'm excited to hear the choir this morning, amen? I'm excited to worship the Lord. I think our souls need it, and I'm praising the Lord and just ready to worship. TJ, would you ask a blessing on of the offer?
3: Lord, I'd like to thank you once again, Lord, for an opportunity to be in your house, Lord. I thank you for each one that's able to be here today, Lord. Just pray that you'd be with the Dewey family, Lord, in this recent loss, Lord. We just pray that, if we, as we've already heard, Lord, we're thankful that we know where Brother Nick is. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for this church, Lord. Pray for. The one that would stay in the preach today, Lord, just give them the words we need for the hour, Lord. Bless this offering, Lord. Bless the gift and the giver alike. In your name we pray.
4: Amen. Amen. Page
5: 120. Page 120. <laughs> Blessed sure.
3: just slow it down and just really think about what we're singing here and and, in the the words of just reading through these words as we're singing it sometimes I know I've said it before we get guilty if we sing songs and we're just brain dead as we're singing songs but I'm thankful for the assurance that Jesus is mine (laughs) I'm thankful that uh that he's a good God And that he saw me when I needed him most and he reached down in the deepest darkest dirtiest pit of sin and he just pulled me out pulled me out and he set my feet on a rock and he established my goings and he gave me a direction and he's blessed me more than I could ever ever imagine a beautiful family a great church to worship in and I'm just so grateful and thankful for a good God today, so if we could just sing this a cappella before the choir sings, that would be great. This is my story, this
5: is my song, praising my Savior. (coughs)
2: My heart, been <coughs> I've been a little while here at this church and I've watched some people go through some terrible things. Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, book of Acts chapter number 18, thankful that the Lord gives us such comfort in song and the Holy Spirit moving through that, but he also comforts our hearts with the word of God as well. And we need both parts, the preaching of the Word of God, the singing of His music, and also we need to look to the Word of God. And this morning I'm thankful that the Lord is so faithful in His word uh, to give us what we need. And I just want to read I just want to read uh, three verses in the middle of the chapter, Acts, or Acts chapter 18. I want to read verses nine, 10, and 11. Stand with me, if you would, as we Read those words from God's holy word, and then ask the Lord to help us. Acts 18, verse 9, 10, and 11. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, For I have much people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for, again, the opportunity to open up the word of God. Lord, it gives us what we need and it strengthens us. Dear Lord, this morning we, we have heavy hearts. We have hearts that are also full of praise even though the praise is a little difficult, it's still in our lips because we know what you have done and we know and are thankful for the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Your Lord, this morning, I am fully trusting in the power of the Word of God to speak what I cannot speak. Dear Lord, I'm very feel very. Bold this morning in a way. Speak plainly the truth of the word of God. I believe that's what our text is speaking about. Lord, I'm thankful that I can rely on your divine providence to speak the word of God that you you guided us to today. Lord, I pray that you would just use this, use your word, to speak to a heart that needs it today, that needs to be saved. Dear Lord, we're thankful for all of the blessings that that come out of this church, but we want to stay laser-focused on the goal and the effort of this congregation to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and to plead with those who don't know you. Put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We'll praise you for what you do in this morning service. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In this passage of scripture, we've been reading through and seeing all the things that have taken place. If you were to read the first 12 verses, 13 verses that I That we follow there, you're going to see that Paul leaves Athens where we left him, speaking on Mars Hill. He leaves Athens and he goes to this place called Corinth. There, when he comes to Corinth, he finds some friends, Aquila and Priscilla. The Word of God speaks often about these friends that he finds and they encourage him along the way. And it's wonderful that he has them there. As he goes, he makes his efforts as he normally does to preach in the synagogue. And as he preaches in the synagogue, there are those that are he is reasoning with. The word of God tells us in verse number 5 that when Paul or excuse me, when Silas and Timothy, when they come, he has an unusual urging in his soul to present Jesus Christ very plainly. And so he does. And upon the preaching of that, he finds that those there reject him and seek to drive him out of the city, which is so common. And because of that, the Bible then starts to go on that there's other people that get saved in different places. But Paul, in that instance, says, okay, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. But then we have the passage of Scripture that we read this morning where God, where Jesus Christ, again, comes to Paul and gives him a word of encouragement. That's what we found in our text. Then it says in verse number nine, then spake the Lord to Paul, in the night by a vision, be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. It says, For I am with thee. He's listen, listen, I want you to understand, Paul, that you need to preach the word of God no matter what. It's kind of an unusual thing, isn't it? We look at the Apostle Paul and we think, oh, he's so bold. Oh, everywhere he goes, that's all that he does is preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is everything that he is and all that he is about. But yet in this circumstance, we have recorded in the scriptures for us that Paul needed some encouragement to make sure that he stayed on course in the preaching of the word of God. I think that is so huge and monumental for every church in every moment that they walk through and go through. That no matter what's going on and and how things get, we need to stay on point and on task. That the gospel of Jesus Christ is preeminent over everything else. Thankful for the programs that we do, Thankful for, for how we bring people in and what we do. But I'm more thankful, Donnie and Sonia, that you gave out almost 200 tracts that day. I'm more thankful that you gave out the Word of God. I'm more thankful that there was people there who were ready to share the gospel and pray with those that were in need. Because the main thrust of the church, of any church, if it calls itself a church, is the preaching of the Word of God. Because it is the power of God unto salvation. The clothes that we hand out, they won't change a life. But the blood of Jesus Christ applied to a sinful heart. The one who feels the guilt and the shame of his sin and has no idea what he's going to do about it. The blood of Jesus Christ still cleanses that from all unrighteousness. Paul preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. My message is simple this morning. We're going to look at the text. We're going to see what was the opposition that they were facing. Why would it be that a man like Paul might shy away from speaking plainly the truth of the Word of God? Second, we're going to look at the encouragement that he received to keep preaching. And then lastly, we're going to look at the opportunity that was afforded to them because of their faithfulness in the Word of God. Number one, I want us to look at this as we come to it, their opposition. When we come to this passage of Scripture, we understand and we see from what we read already that the reason that Aquila and Priscilla had come to Corinth at all was because the Jews had been driven from Rome. These were people who had no home and and are are finding themselves going from place to place, and the loss of their home has driven them to Corinth. There's real opposition. We find it all throughout here, and I'm going to be so quick with this. And we also see that they were reviled and opposed. We see that from their message. We see that there was a constant accusation against them to the authorities, in other words, what I'm saying, everywhere they went with the preaching of the gospel, they found that they were opposed to Everywhere that they went to speak of the gospel, they found that they had problems and they had things that would go wrong. Those are just the things in the text. If we were to go back even further in the book of Acts, we would see that Paul was often stoned, was often left for dead, that he was run out of town all of the time because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't care who you are. At some point there's going to come a time that you're going to go, maybe we should tone down the message a little, (laughs) right? I don't care who you are. You know, it's just real life, isn't it, right? Here you are, you've been saved, you've felt the power of God's life uh, on you and you're moving it and everything, and you go through opposition after opposition after opposition, You've shared it with your friends. You've even had bad things happen in your life. And you're like, just as Travis Curlock told us while he was here preaching revival, he said, I felt like nothing bad ever happened in my life till I started following Jesus. Right? Because here it comes. It's like the opposition wagon is just piling it all on. And at some point along the way, you're like, maybe I ought to take it easy with this Jesus thing. And I think Paul was in that same boat. And he thought, you know what? Maybe there's a correlation here. Maybe if I ease into this a little bit more. Maybe if I'm careful with how I speak of Jesus Christ or how I reason. And if we go through the text and I want to be careful this morning to not belabor too much, but you see a turning point for whatever the reason is that Paul is there and he's reasoning with them and he's speaking of them. But when, Paul, but when Timothy and Silas show up, he has an unusual urge to preach Jesus Christ very plainly. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, all of a sudden there was something that was going on and all of us, no matter how good of a Christian we are, there's gonna be times that we're gonna shy away from speaking Jesus plainly. I've been there. I know exactly how that is. We see what's going on around us. We're, we're trying to develop a relationship with people and we're like, well, God, I want to do this this way. But there's also a time and a place As a matter of fact, one of the things that impresses me about this, and I remember my friend Seth Hawkins preaching on this so often, that you know what? When the disciples showed up in town, when the apostles showed up in town, they preached Jesus Christ, and then they said, do you want to be my friend? (laughs) Now that you know what I'm all about, do you still want to follow? See, and I know we've got this idea, and I've even caught on to that. Something like that. You know, let's, let's get close to them. Let's get near to them. And then we can share the gospel. But the gospel is first and foremost. It has the preeminence. It is what will change a life. It's what will take us from where we were lost in our sin to alive in God. It is the thing that changes It's not the programs. It's not the the good deeds. It's the power of Jesus Christ. New life in Christ changes them. And it should be the first thing out of our lips. He goes into this passage of scripture and he says that the Holy Spirit moved on them that he would preach to them, the Jewish people, that he would preach that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the chosen one, that he's the Christ Christ. That's the word that he uses in there, that he is the Christ, the Messiah. What was he saying to them? He was saying, listen, you have been looking for a sacrifice for your sins for thousands of years. You have been looking for someone that will take away your sins, that will pay for them. And I want to tell you that that man is Jesus Christ. They had all witnessed it. They had all seen Jesus Christ go to the cross of Calvary and die. Die the death of a thief. Die the death that no one deserved to die. And understanding that, they were knowing that he was taking the sin of the world. They understood that this was real. They understood that Jesus Christ was doing for them what no one else could do. Not only that, they knew that believing on Christ meant that they would believe that he was resurrected from the dead. And truly, Jesus Christ on the third day was resurrected Amen. from the dead. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And anyone who follows him has everlasting life. not that amazing? What a simple message. We don't have to be lost in our sin. And it's as plain as that. He needed encouragement because of the opposition that he had faced. You know, it just comes down there. It's sometimes, a lot of times, it's like, you know what? It might just be easier to quit. But if we have been born again, if the grace of Jesus Christ has been imparted to us, then we have been given the task to share that grace with any and all to share it plainly and to speak of what Jesus Christ has done for us, not in vague terms, not in roundabout ways, not only by the good deeds that we would do in our community and say, well, maybe they will point them to Christ. Let's point them to Christ with our deeds and then speak loudly of Jesus Christ with our voice so that the twofold testimony Just as Jesus Christ gave would speak to a lost and dying world of what we need. There was opposition, but even through it. Then we see there was encouragement. I'm going to look at these quickly. Their encouragement that they received. Number one, it came. It came by the word of the Lord. Verse number nine has been helping me. Then spake the Lord to Paul. Now, I understand Paul is an apostle. I understand that Paul has received words of prophecy, that Paul has been inspired by God himself to write down most of what we have in the New Testament. I understand that Paul was met on the Damascus road by Jesus Christ himself and was stopped dead in his tracks. I understand all of those are true. But I also believe with all of my heart that the same Jesus Christ that spoke to Paul wants to speak to me. I also believe that he is without a doubt the dearest friend that we could ever have. I believe with all of my heart that no one cared for me like Jesus. I believe that there is someone, a friend, that sticketh closer than a brother. I feel that when we walk through this life, and it feels as if the hurt would be so deep that Jesus Christ can come right along beside of us. And just like that day with Mary and Martha, and they said, if you had been here, our brother would not be dead. And in John eleven thirty five, 35, the Bible says Jesus wept, that he is touched by the feelings of our infirmities, that he knows what we feel. And he cries along with us. And his heart is moved by our heartache. And he can speak a peace that no one else can speak. He can encourage like no one else can encourage. That Jesus Christ is without a doubt the dearest friend I ever had. And the word of the Lord himself came to Paul and said, don't be afraid. I want to tell you, and I want you to notice this because I believe this, and this is only making my conviction stronger, that the power and the peace of the word of God is wrapped up in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen. Not just coming to Paul to say, hey, Paul, I'm going to encourage you because I know you're down. I want to lift your spirits and I want to make you feel better. No, he's saying, Paul, I want to empower you for a specific task. The power is found in the preaching of the word of God, in the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. The word of God of the Lord itself came to him. I don't have time that I'll go all through these but isn't it also wonderful that he had some friends? If you have the time to study it out and to go all through it, Aquila and Priscilla are very important to Paul in his ministry. Can I just say it's good to have friends, amen, in the ministry. Good to have somebody. The Lord knows how to encourage us with friends along the way. The Lord is good to us. Amen. And sometimes they come from unusual places. And Aquila and Priscilla come to Jesus or come to Paul right when he needs them. They're co-laborers with him. Like I said, there's much that you could talk about there. They had a common goal anyway. And then the gospel itself proclaim, solidifies the purpose and gives us proper order in what we are doing for the cause of Christ. You know what? Is there anything more comforting than the gospel itself when we go through the trials of life? I can't think of anything else. I'm speaking pretty plainly this morning. But I don't know how many times Nancy has said to me, So glad I know we're naked. Because the gospel comforts us when we go through the toughest trials. The gospel of Jesus Christ is everything. Mm. Wonderful. And then their opportunity. I just want you to look at one thing and I'm going to be done. Verse number eight. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. Throughout the book of Acts, you find that phrase. You find it in what we read not too long ago about the Philippian jailer, that he believed in his house. I believe that the gospel has the power to change whole households. Isn't God amazing that this is where he brought us today in the scripture? God loves your family. He wants them to serve the Lord together. The saving of a household is wonderful. I have had the amazing joy of baptizing a lot of families all at once. The Deweys are one of those families that I baptized so many that day. The Comleys over there baptized a whole bunch of them in one day. There's many others that maybe not at one time but as the years go by we Baptize and we see entire households added to the family of God. Amen. This is our opportunity to win our friends and family to share with them the most important message of all. That Jesus Christ has died on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the entire world. There's no need to walk in guilt and shame. There's no need to live in this life aimless or hopeless. There is peace that is found with Jesus Christ. All of this is true in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ provides all of this for us. That message, first and foremost, above everything else, Let us not be distracted. Amen? See, that's what Satan likes to do. He likes likes to make you think nobody's ever had it as bad as you, right? So you can wallow in it and say, I need God to just do all this for me. I need this. When we have one, one purpose that in an amazing way alleviates everything and it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us proclaim it. Boldly and plain. Every head bowed. Every eye closed this morning. Here at Nottingham, we give an invitation. An opportunity for you to come. Many have come to the altar this morning to pray about lots of things. But at the end of our service, we give a specific invitation. And that invitation is to come and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We have men and women ready who can share and speak to you about the Word of God, what it means to be saved, what you need to know to be saved. And so we give that invitation. So, this morning... We believe so strongly that even though our church is hurting, the cure is still the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, during this invitation, if you need to come, please don't wait. But come and talk to me. In Christ's wonderful name. We pray, Amen. Let's stand this morning, and if you need to come, while they sing.
6: Father's love for us how vast be